Welcome back to Minor 16, everybody. It's great to catch up with you again. I'm David, and this is the podcast where we talk Apple, and I introduce you to some great guests. And on this episode of the podcast, it is no different. I have got the third member of the Mac Rumors podcast. We are joined this time by editor Sammy Fatih. So I've been working on this surname for weeks now, Sammy Fatih. How did I do, Sammy? Hey, welcome. Hello, you did, you did well. You know you sent me that homework. I've been, I've been practicing my pronunciation. It's one of those golden rules of having a guest on. If you get the name, it's like if somebody calls me Dave, it's like, no, this is not going to go well. You know, and you kind of need to get somebody's name right. It's the basic core level, isn't it? It's, it's a tricky skill to have. It's not easy. Uh, yeah, it's not, it's not easy. You need to listen carefully to your guests and try and understand how they pronounce their own. I think it's always has somebody introduces themselves is how you need to try to learn. But So the, 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 your name, the derivative, what country, where, where's that come from? Uh, my last name, Fathi, uh, is, is actually, I'm, I think, Egyptian. I'm still lacking. <laughs> so you'll, you'll get there a few, for a, more, a few more weeks no, I think my last name uh, is actually Egyptian uh, I'm not Egyptian mm-hmm. uh, but I think uh, if, if you go down my family tree I have probably, definitely some origins in Egypt mm-hmm. um, so I think it's, it's, it's an Egyptian Egyptian Arab name and so does that mean you're quite well travelled then have you sort of spent your you know as a youth travelling around the world a lot I would say I've probably traveled more for my age than most people my age. Uh, yeah, my, my school did a lot of international trips, and I was uh, privileged enough to, to be able to go on those quite, uh, pretty much all of them. Uh, so yeah, I've been, uh, I've been around. And where are we talking to you now then? What part of the world do we find you in? I am currently in Saudi Arabia. So you're just a few hours ahead of me in the UK, aren't you? Two hours, yep. And we think we've had it hot here this week. I'm guessing you kind of smoke us. We've been moaning uh, about 38. <laughs> You know, it's it's been it's been so funny because uh, at Mac Rumors we have Hartley and Tim, and they're both based in the UK, uh, and we also have Eric, who's our editor in chief, and he's also been in the UK for the past few weeks now. And it's quite funny seeing them react over um, over the weather. And I'm like, you guys are dreading this. I mean, this is what I live with every day of the year. I mean, this is <laughs> this is what I consider normal. You know, I mean. But I'm guessing you're probably air conditioned there. Dip- that's that's the one thing. Yeah, our houses here are, are you know our houses here are built to withstand this heat. Uh, they're thick concrete homes with you know decent ventilation and and, and AC. So I, I do I do get that part. So I, I do send my my best wishes. Well, I'm breaking a golden rule. I've actually got windows open behind me behind those blinds because it's too damn hot to have them shut. So if there's a bit of noise coming in, I apologise. But otherwise, I'll be a pool of sweat on the floor by the end of this. So. Right, enough of me rattling on. Let's talk about you. So you're speaking to you in Saudi Arabia at the moment. And education-wise, was it always going to be then that uh, journalism was the, the, the root core, was where you were going to end up? Uh, no. Uh, no, not actually. Um, I think I, I always enjoyed, I, I wouldn't necessarily maybe call it journalism at first. I think it was just a, sort of a, a, a passion for helping frame uh, conversations and, and sort of being at the forefront of discussion. Uh, even if I think back to like middle school, you know, there were a lot of things I did during middle school that um, sort of put me somewhat as the leader of, uh, of of change and sort of the leader of of what people were talking about. Um, so that that kind of grew through the years, and then um, and then yeah, it landed me here. So. And obviously, we, I've got to know you, and most of the listeners will have got to know you through your work over the last few years with Mac Rumors. How did that gig come about then? It's a good question, a question I get asked quite often. Um, 
it literally, well, not lit. Well, I mean, in, in most simple terms, uh, Joe, who's uh, a great friend of mine uh, and an editor at Mac Rumors, uh, he sent me a message on, on Twitter one day and he's like, how would, would you fancy working at Mac Rumors? And, um, and it, it pretty much got kickstarted from there. But the, the, the story before that is before Mac Rumors, I uh, ran my own uh, sort of news outlet that was called Apple Terminal. Uh, and uh, it did pretty well on Twitter. We got somewhat over, I think, shy over a little bit, uh, 20,000 followers on Twitter. Um, and yeah, that, that did pretty well. Uh, it definitely caught the attention of obviously people at Mac Rumors, people at uh, 9 to 5 Mac and other websites. Uh, and I think what stood out to most people is we were incredibly fast mm-hmm. at reporting on the news. Uh, we would post, uh, I don't want to say all stories, but a considerable amount of stories quite a few minutes ahead of Mac Rumors and 9 to 5 Mac and, and you know, the sort of other mainstream uh, Apple uh, websites. So I think that caught the attention of people and, and uh, Mac Rumors reached out and said, would you like to join us? And uh, I don't think anyone in their sane mind would say no to that. So I, I jumped on the opportunity. And how does it work? I mean, obviously, you know, I've had Hartley on and also Dan on. So I guess you guys all work remotely and you're in different corners of the world, aren't you? Yeah, we are. So as I said, Hartley's in the UK. Uh, Dan is, I think, in Ohio. Um, and then we have uh, Julie, who's in California. And, uh, and Joe, who's in Canada. Uh, so yeah, we're, we're, we're decently spread out. And, and that's, you know, quite, for a news publication, you want your staff spread out. Because obviously news is, is 24-7, right? There's, there's no set time for news. Uh, so uh, we try our best to make sure that we have, you know, pretty much coverage all around. So uh, I come on usually the earliest and then everyone else follows uh, according to their, so, their timing. Uh, how does it work? If you notice, say, a story um, that breaks while we're asleep or whatever, is it your editorial decision think that's a good story that needs to go up now? Is that how it works or do you have to run it past anybody before it goes, gets published? Great question. Uh, it really depends on who's online. Uh, I mean, you know, we obviously uh, discuss quite a bit about our editorial, uh, how we approach what stories we publish and what stories we don't and sort of what, you know, wh- what we want to cover and what we don't want to cover. That's obviously something that's, you know, very important to us. Um, there are some things that are a given, right? I mean, if, 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 if there's a story that breaks... Uh, and I see it, and no one else is online, uh, and I see it, you know, it's, it's, uh, I, would, I would probably just go ahead and cover it. If, if I knew it's something that, you know, we, we've covered in the past. Um, most of the times, though, if it's something a little bit more touchy and we're sort of vague on it, uh, usually someone will wait until another person comes on and then runs it through them, and then, and then we go from there. So it really depends on, on who is online um, and, and sort of the nature of, of that story. And do you guys tend to have areas of specialism, like you might be known as the iPhone guy, Hartley might be known as the iPad guy, or, or do you all kind of mm. chip in? Um, I think we, we all sort of have our preferences of what we like uh, you know, to write about and what we don't write about. Uh, but in terms of, of sort of specifications over, you know, Sammy, you're the, the, the iPhone rumors guy. Uh, no, uh, no, we're, we're pretty much, um, pretty much free-flowing. Um, for me personally, I, if there's anything to do with legal, if there's a lawsuit, if there is, um, if there's anything to do with anything, I, I just, I, I, I disappear from our Slack. I say, I'm going <laughs> to the bathroom. Uh, but this is handing, handing it off to someone else. Um, yes, I, I, I absolutely hate writing about legal stuff. I think it's the most boring, cumbersome, complicated stuff to, to, to write. And if I, you know, my policy is if I don't understand something, 
then how in the world am I supposed to inform other people about it, right? I mean, that's the first step to, to journalism is you have to understand what the hell you're talking about before you're able to, uh, to, to, to write about it and, and, and inform someone else. So, so you mentioned that you had your own blogging site and website prior to Mac Williams. I'm guessing that would indicate then you've always been a bit of a, an Apple head from young years. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I wish I knew what I, I wish I knew actually what kind of started my love for Apple. I think um, I think it all sort of started when I when I got my mom an iPhone 4s for her birthday. Uh, I say me, well, my family. We got her an iPhone 4s, uh, and at the time, you know, it was, it was a, a big deal. It was like, oh wow, you know, the, the new iPhone. It still is, but the 4s was was uh, decently significant. Um, yeah, we got that for her, and I think that kind of kickstarted my 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 love for for Apple. I remember watching every keynote, uh, every event, um, and and reading Mac rumors when I was a kid. Uh, so it's it's quite crazy how it's, it's sort of come full circle. It always starts with the keynotes, doesn't it? They are kind of like the gateway drug to Apple. Yeah, once yeah yeah once you once you watch one, you get addicted because they're just so well put together. You can, especially these virtual ones, you know you. They're just incredibly well put together. So yeah, you get addicted to them. I was going to say, what's your what's your stance now? What's your take on that since the virtuals? I really like the punchy, sharp delivery because I felt they got a little bit flabby sometimes on live. Yeah, I, I absolutely love these virtual events. Um, I, I think the future of Apple events is, is going to be what they did with DubDub. They're going to have an in-person crowd there. Uh, there will be an in-person element to it. They'll invite members of the press, uh, uh, members of the media, um, developers for Dub Dub, maybe other events if if they need to be there. But I, I think the the future of Apple events is definitely a mix of both. I don't see them getting away of this, this virtual format at all. I think they I think they absolutely love love it. Yeah, and I would have thought that this this virtual or semi virtual format must be a nightmare when you're reporting live though, because it is so sharp. If you're trying to do it in real time, oh my god, I oh, it's it is it is hell. Mm. It is absolute hell. Um, I, I, I've never covered, a, the, the first uh, event I covered uh, at Mac Rumors was, um, oh wow, what was it? Um, I think the, uh, April 2020 Apple event, the spring loaded event. I think that was the first event I covered there. So I've never covered an in-person event at Mac Rumors, but what I can tell you from all the events I have covered at Mac Rumors, this year's Dub Dub was the absolute hardest to cover because of the sheer um, amount because it was it was so incredibly fast paced but also the the live stream on on the website was actually 10 maybe even 30 seconds delayed on what the in crowd uh, guests were seeing on the screen uh because i was texting people and looking at uh, twitter and i was seeing posts from people who were there mm-hmm. um but their stream was 30 seconds ahead of us so we were not only delayed in terms of what we were seeing, but it was also incredibly fast paced. So it was, it was, um, yeah, it was, it was definitely the hardest, uh, the hardest day uh, I've had yet in this job. It was incredibly hard. And from a, a journalistic point of view, then are you uh, similar to the rest of us at the moment? The summer months are kind of like the lull, the quiet months, and you're just getting ready for what's about to come later this year. Wait, repeat the question. Is, is are the summer months quieter for you too? I mean, in your current roles over at Mac Rumors and so on. You know, we're all talking about this tech slump during the summer. It's given, you know, it can't be every day of the month that we're going to get something exciting new. Yeah, this is, um, it's, yeah, right after Dub Dub, uh, get the betas. And then after like the second, third betas, 
everything dies down. Mm-hmm. Uh, so July has, has been absolutely quiet in terms of news. Uh, and it, it won't usually pick back up until late August, early September, when we start seeing some more rumors come about about the iPhones uh, and, and the new Apple Watches and sort of the whole fall the fall lineup. So yeah, the, the summer is usually the worst because it's so boring. You, you mentioned a couple of things there that we'll get on to. You, you were saying about it being quiet. We will talk M2 in a moment. <laughs> the controversy that oh, is no. M2. Have you ever been to Apple Park before we get on to that? Oh, I wish. You haven't been live yet? I wish. I have not been. I, it is, I, I will. Um, I, uh, I, I hope Apple will send me an invitation for, for an event once uh, another. I'm surprised because you're very visible. You're very, you know, you're one of the leading writers. I'm very surprised you've not been. Well, you know, I, I don't want to discuss in depth our relationship with Apple. I will say it's a complicated relationship at best. Uh, we need them. They need us. They don't like us. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it's a love-love, it's a love-hate relationship. So uh, we have gotten, we do get, you know, we have gotten invited to events before. Uh, they don't completely ignore us. We have gotten invited to events before and uh, we'll get invited to, to another one and uh, I hope I have the chance to go. I kind of guessed that the uh, relationship wasn't quite as uh, smelling of roses as I originally thought when I was speaking to Dan before our interview. So yeah, we'll leave it there. But I know, <laughs> I know, as you say, it's kind of a, a hate, hate, love, love, I, need I one another, t- don't need one another. <laughs> yes, we, we, we'll, we'll yeah. go no further down that particular pathway. So let's talk M2 then, because, uh, you know, we say it's been a quiet period, but obviously M2 has kind of saved all of our butts recently because there's been so much to talk about. I've written about it. I've made yeah. videos about it. I know you guys have reported on it. Have you got your hands on an M2 MacBook Air yet? I, uh, I've contemplated it a lot. Um, I, I've considered getting one. I don't, um, I don't have one currently. I've seen one. I've, I've briefly used them, but um, yeah, I don't, I don't have one personally, no. Not yet. Because listening to your Mac Rumors podcast, and this is going back a little while, am I right in thinking that you've got supply issues? You haven't got an Apple store there, have you, where you are? I don't. It's crazy, but... Um, so your kit, what, comes from the States? We have authorized uh, premium dealerships here, uh, but they suck. Right. Uh, they're absolute garbage, and and um, I hate them. Uh, it's funny because... As much as I report on Apple, Apple's the center of my professional life. I've never bought anything from Apple themselves. Never. Mm-hmm. Um, because they don't have a store here. And I have to go through these scam uh, dealerships. Uh, and they call themselves Apple authorized, but I, I don't think that means anything. Because they, they, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on a rant here. I, <laughs> it's not the audience for it. But, um, but feel free. The floor is yours. Do it. Take, fill your boots. No, it, it's just terrible because especially with Macs, it's the worst with Macs because they only send one, two configurations here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only, for, for like the M2 MacBook Air, the only configurations that Apple sends here and that they provide to dealerships here is 256, 512, 8-core uh, CPU, 8-core GPU, 8 gigs of RAM. That's all you can get. You can't customize the RAM. You can't have a custom-built order. Uh, you can't do that. Um, oh, so if you prepare to so wait. It's, it's, even if you say, you know, you know, you there's going to be a wait. No. Oh, you just cannot order specs. You just can't. You oh, cannot geez. order specs. You, right, you yeah. get what Apple gives you here. Uh, with iPhones, they have all the colors, all the configurations. It's fine. But with Macs, especially, it's, it's terrible with Macs uh, because you can't, you can't customize anything. Mm. 
Um, I mean, the, the process is ridiculous and the price, I, I might as well just buy a new phone for the price they were giving me. Um, so yeah, I, I've, I've sent enough emails to Apple to know that they should open a store here. <laughs> they, they know. I'm feeling your pain. They know, they know that. I think they will. They will. It's a matter of time. And if you order from the website, presumably it has to clear customs and things like that. Is that right? So again, it's no brainer. Well, they don't even, you can't even buy from Apple. They don't have an online store here either. Oh, so you're in the Outbacks, basically. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're literally just, they just ignore us. Um, and it's funny because we're getting the new Apple Maps later this year. Uh, but we still don't have Apple Map directions here. We still don't have Apple Maps traffic here. We still don't have Apple Maps anything here. Uh, we don't have Apple News Plus here. We don't have uh, iCloud Plus uh, or a private relay. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's a plethora of things we don't have here. And, 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 it's, and it's such a struggle professionally because, you know, here I am trying to cover Apple and all their services and all their, and their, all their products when I don't have access to all their products and all their services. So a lot of times I'm kind of kept in the dark. And, and obviously, you know, it's easier to report on something when you've used it. Um, and, and for a lot of, of Apple's things, I just, I've never used them. And I've never used you know, their, their, their offering. So it's, it's hard professionally to cover those things. I don't have access to everything. You, we've just began talking about the M2. And as I say, it's something I've written about this week. And, and mm. a video I've Sorry, got coming Sorry, I, I veered off. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, that was an interesting taking it because, funny enough, I've tried ordering from Apple. You know, here in the UK, it's pretty straightforward. I've got a studio display sitting there, which I ordered from Apple in March. And they were pushing it back and pushing it back. I'd still be waiting for it if it's coming from Apple. And I found it from a, a fashion retailer website, oddly, in the UK. And I had it next day. And it, it, I wanted to order from Apple, and I just couldn't. And the same with the MacBook Pro. I went to a reseller to get that. I, I, I bought them both together. And Apple, oddly, mm-hmm. can't supply us, but third parties can. There's not a lot out there, but if you shop around long enough, you might find something. But it's just... It's crazy, the supply issues at the moment with all the chips. I know where it's coming from. I know, you know they're in a difficult position, sure. But if third parties can get mm-hmm. around it, you'd kind of think that Apple themselves could deal with it somehow. Yeah, yeah. Talking about the M2, I've, I've got a MacBook Air, an M2 MacBook Air, and I've come down in its defence. I've been really pissed at all the bad comments it's got over the last week or so about what it can't do. And I think, I don't know if it's me, maybe I'm really naive, People are kind of missing the mark. The fact, when people say it's slightly slow to edit a 4K video on it, it's a notebook. Now, <laughs> before the M1 MacBook Air, if you tried to put anything video near a MacBook Air, you would be laughed out of sight. The fact that we can do it now, kind of, surely that's the point we should be celebrating, not the fact that it's slightly slower. I, I don't know if I'm missing the point here. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, I... I- I was at my one of the authorized Apple stores yesterday, and um, I was looking at the M2 MacBook Air, and, and there was this gentleman there, and he was kind of standing there looking between the, the M2 MacBook Pro and the M2 MacBook Air. Uh, and I asked him, I said, you know, are you, are, you de- are you deciding between the two? And he was like, yeah, I, I'm not sure which one to get. Um, and then we sort of had a, a little brief conversation, and then he ended up getting the M2 MacBook Pro. And when I, told, when I asked him why, he said, because it's Pro, so it means it's better. Um, and that kind of put into into stark um, clarity for me the fact that you know people in our community we obsess overly over specs we we you know we 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 analyze specs that you know we just analyze the hell out of specs we beat them to death 
uh, and the, you know, the main, you know, Apple is not as much as we would like to think they are, you know, Apple is not doing everything for us. You know, there, there are 7 billion people in the world. Uh, we're not the only people that exist. You know, there, there's a market out there that's bigger than us. That needs to be the title for this podcast. <laughs> we're not the only people that exist. You just titled the podcast. Thank you, Sammy. That's the journalism coming through for me. <laughs> You're welcome. Apple is targeting the mainstream consumer. And I think we, we, you know, with all due respect to the mainstream consumer, I think we sometimes overstate how complicated they are. They're simple people. You know, if they see pro in a name, it just means it's better to them and they're going to get it. Um, so I, I sort of under, I understand the controversy around M2 and this MacBook Air, but at the same time, I think it's overly exaggerated. I think, um, you know, the voices in this community, whether it be people on Twitter or, or content creators on YouTube, you know, they're, they're over-exaggerating this needlessly just to create hype and, and fake controversy. Um, you know, and anyway, if you're buying a MacBook Air, you're not buying it to edit 4K videos. Exactly. You know, exactly. Uh, and, and people and people say, well, look at Apple's website. You know, they they show you the you know they show it the, the MacBook Air with a screenshot uh, of of someone on Final Cut Pro. I'm like, okay, fine, but that's just them showing you what you can do. You can edit can, yeah. 4K video. It doesn't mean it's going to be a good experience compared to a maxed out you know 16 inch MacBook Pro. You can. But that doesn't mean Apple's forcing it down your throat to make you edit on it. You know, it's 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 this weird mentality where you know where people think that every Mac that comes out of Apple has to be a pro high end beast of a machine, and that's simply not the case. That's you know that's not that's not the you know the market that Apple wants to target. Turns out, if you're watching this on YouTube, you've got the slightly ed- edited, truncated, shortened, consumer friendly. That's a, a long way of putting it up. I forgot to hit record. To hear Sammy at full chatter about Apple resellers, you need to go and check out the audio podcast, which will be on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all the good places. But you can get to look at his beautiful face here, but just not for quite as long as it should have been. Sorry about that. Mistakes happen. It's okay. If there's an Apple naughty step, I'm on it. Cringe. Anyway, yeah, so we've got it all over there. We were talking about, well, I realised I hadn't hit record. Uh, we were talking about the fact that uh, on the M2s, yeah, you can edit 4K video. And what I realised this week was that uh, I think a lot of the videos that are being made in the tech space on YouTube are being made for almost the converted market. And that market aren't going to be buying, probably aren't going to be buying the M2. The people that are watching TechTube, as you said, are very spec driven, whether or not they're going to buy anything. They're obsessed with the specs. And it's weird that you're making videos of people that aren't going to buy it. And yet, if you make videos of people that are going to buy it, they're probably not going to watch the videos. It's this weird, and something came to me this week. It's such a weird little vortex and space that we're in, both written and video. Yeah, I agree. Um, and the market that the M2 is targeting, you know, they're not people who are on Twitter. They're not people who are watching YouTube or mm. watching tech videos on YouTube. You know, these are, um, you know, these are just people that want a Mac to browse the web, check your email, you know, occasionally maybe edit a video from their vacation. You know, the, you know, a video, you know, a video editor. They're not going to go out and buy a MacBook Air. And it's this constant obsession that, you know, that that Apple. It's it's really weird. I don't understand it, and it's 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 annoying 
to me to see to see the conversation so misconstrued and um, and it's it's unfortunate because you know the MacBook Air is a great laptop. It's it's uh, yeah. M two is great as well, and it's just getting overshadowed with um, with all this controversy. You know, the other thing I'd say is is I think this is human nature. Is that you know you'll you'll never be fully happy no matter what you have. Uh, you know, so Apple could have given us you know I really you know they could have put M one Max in the MacBook Air and somehow gave us really good battery life in a really thin package and people would still be complaining over something. That's why. So no matter what Apple does, there will always be those people that are just, uh, they're not, they're not haters. They're just naggers. They'll, they'll nag, they'll complain. They'll, they'll, they'll make a fist no matter what Apple does. So that's another thing to keep in mind. It seems that you and I are very much thinking from the same uh, him sheet then because I, I've put a video out and I said that this little MacBook Air I've got it sitting right there with my notes on for this interview you know and I was saying it almost feels like I need to defend a newborn child because everyone's getting on it and I think the title of the video is Haters Can Hate but it does its job now on the video I actually edited a newsletter it was a little very simple six seven minute video and I wasn't I had against the M1 MacBook Pro but it wasn't a competition I was saying look yeah it's three minutes slower but it can do it if you're stuck in a hotel room and that's all you've got and you need to get a video done, it can do it. And that's kind of the point that we need to make here. Sure, it's a little bit slower. Sure, it gets a little bit warm. But you can take that anywhere, do anything you want on it. And, uh, you know, that's the 512 version. And it does me proud. I'm not going to edit on it all the time. Why would I have got a 16-inch sitting in front of me? But, you know, it can do it. Yeah, you know, I think the, the, I think the bigger part that annoys uh Apple and probably Apple's PR department. And if anyone's watching from there, hello. Reply to my emails, please. Uh, <laughs> yes, reply to my email. Um, uh, I, think, I think the most annoying part about the M2 MacBook Air is that people are forgetting the design and the fact that Apple Silicon is, is, is at a point where it's so incredibly efficient and it's so incredibly powerful per watt that we're able to even get a laptop as thin as that. I mean, you know, Apple would not have been able to give us this design with an Intel chip. Uh, you know, they would have been able to do it if you wanted 30 minutes battery life. Uh, you know, the fact that Apple Silicon enabled this, you know, this design of this chip, the fact that um, Apple Silicon allowed Apple to make such a thin and light laptop, you know, I think that's the bigger picture that, that we should be focusing on. It's not, you know, it's not a fast, high-end computer, but come on. I mean, you know, give Apple credit where it's due. I mean, the fact that they were able to, to, to you know, to make such a thin and compact laptop with good performance, good battery life um, is, is impressive. Yeah, I'm with you. Totally, I'm with you. I think this is, this is the MacBook Air that Steve Jobs wanted. Uh, I think this is, this, is the true, this is the first true MacBook Air. In my opinion, uh, it's the first one that uh, gives acceptable levels of battery life and acceptable levels of performance. Uh, I think Apple was never truly happy with any of the other MacBook Airs. Uh, I think this is the, this is the first one that they're they're probably going to say yes. This you know this is the this is the MacBook Air we've always wanted to make. Yeah, we ticked the boxes. We're there. So, what kit are you actually running at the moment? Then, this is where you say you work on PCs. <laughs> <laughs> That would be a that would be an interesting turn of events. Which which not jokingly, I, I would love to actually try out a, a Windows Surface uh, laptop. I 
Um, I, I tried out, a, 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 I have the Galaxy S22 Ultra that I got uh, a few months ago um, because I, I understood that as much as I cover Apple, there's, there's also another, there's another side of the tech world and it would be unresponsible for me not to have been exposed to that side because, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, it gives me a new perspective and it gives me uh, more clarity on why someone would choose one over the other. So I would absolutely love to use Windows, but currently I'm on a 16-inch uh, M1 Pro 32-gig RAM MacBook Pro. Yeah, very similar to mine. I think I've got in one Max, and I did just, I went that route. Well, because it was the only one I could get in the UK, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> it was as simple as that. I told you that story early on. Well, not if you're watching the video, clearly, because I wasn't recording it then. Watching but the video, yeah. <laughs> if you listen to the audio, yeah, I mean, that was, and it was purely supply and demand, but it, it's a, it's a fantastic. And I came from 2015 uh, iMac, Intel iMac, and so you can imagine the change I, was I noticed. I just about to say, my, my main workstation is a 2015 5K iMac. That's mm-hmm. what I use. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't actually use my 16-inch. Uh, I use my 16-inch um, usually just in my bedroom uh, outside of my office or like in the living room. But when I'm at my desk, I, I, I have a 2015 5K iMac. And it's, it's really, really good. Mm-hmm. I, I upgraded it to an SSD because I got it with a hard drive. So I uh, DOI'd uh, an SSD into it. Uh, it has 64 gigs of RAM, uh, which is more than my uh, my 16-inch MacBook Pro. So it, it absolutely flies through. It's in, in sometimes I think it's actually faster than my MacBook Pro, mm. oddly enough. So I and um, yeah, and I'm actually quite disappointed. macOS Ventura is not going to be supported on it. So exactly, I was just uh, you, yeah, you're the same era, of course. We come to an end, don't we? This summer, that's it. We're done. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's it's disappointing, but it still has a few more years left. It'll they are, yeah, I mean, we, you know, I don't know about you, but when you got old Macs, I kind of buy and sell them. But that one, for some reason, means a lot to me because I, I think I've just done a lot with it and you know achieved a lot through that Mac. So that's going nowhere. That that one keep it, and it's still a great machine, as you say. Apart from the fact it won't be getting a new OS later this year. Of OSs, do you run betas on your devices or not? Your personal devices? Oh, he nods, he nods in a knowing way. Yeah. Is that a, is that a problem? Am... Is that a bug? You know, I've always heard you should not do it if it's your sole device. Yeah, you should not. No, I even even yeah, even I would tell people don't put it on your personal device as I'm installing it on my personal <laughs> device. No, I I have the I have I have the beta because it's your I profession, right? Every single Apple device. Yeah, and and uh, yeah, yeah, maybe. but I have it on every device. Every Mac I have is on the beta. Uh, my iPhone is on the beta. My even my watch is on the beta, which is the most risky because you can't take a, a, a uh, you can't take a beta off a watch. Uh, once you enroll in the beta, you have to wait till it publicly gets releases before you want to, you know, kick off the beta program. Um, all of my iPads are on the betas. My Apple TV is on the beta. My five HomePods are on the beta. <laughs> yeah, I'm quite uh, quite deep in the beta world. Yeah. What, what's 16 mean like to use them? It has been good. Um, the it's weird with the iOS 16 beta. It it gets progressively more buggy as as the more you use it. Um, it's it's odd. The first beta, and this this is a trend I've noticed with every iOS release every year. The first beta of every major update is always the best one. Uh, in my opinion, I, I even think the first, which is the absolute opposite of what I thought it would have been. Yeah, you think it'd be the last final polished version to be the most stable, but in my experience, no. It's usually the the, the first beta of of iOS fourteen or, or thirteen, which is when I sort of entered this this field. Uh, iOS thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, and now sixteen. The first betas of each were more 
stable than the actual official one we got. And I thought a lot about this and I thought a lot about why. And I think the reason is, is because a lot of the features and a lot of the more advanced features are usually disabled on the first beta. So there were a few iOS 16 features that were disabled in the first beta. So the system was a little bit more lightweight compared to um, the third beta that we're on now. Uh, but yeah, it, it gets, after the first beta, it gets progressively worse. I mean, my iPhone uh, crashes and restarts randomly at least four or five times a day. Uh, just scrolling Twitter, oops, it crashes. A few seconds later, it's back up. So yeah, it gets, it gets progressively worse. But uh, all the other betas have been quite good. And I mean, I think the thing I'm probably looking forward to the most is the unsend message. Not because I make a lot of bad messages. I just want to say that's not the reason. I'm pure as the driven sure. snow. Never made that mistake before in my life. I'm just saying it's a convenient feature for a man to have at his disposal. But I mean, that is, does that work? Because you've got to, the other person also has to be on iOS 16, right? Uh, I should know this. I'm sure that's I, the I, case. I'm pretty sure. If you're on, well, they won't. So if you send a message, no, I think I think even if someone's on iOS 15, I, I, I am I'm confident they made a change. The Apple made a server site change. So if you unsend a message, it actually does just disappear from the transcript on on iOS 15 devices. What it won't show is the little text that says X and X has unsent a message. Right, right, right. It will just disappear from the transcript. Um, you know what's What's funny is, is, is a lot of people were really excited about the ability to edit messages and the ability to unsend messages. I have forgot about both of those features. I've completely forgotten they've existed. I mean, I, I, iMessage is my main app that I use to communicate. Uh, and I've, I've completely forgot that if I make a typo, I can just un- edit that message instead of sending a correction. And I think a reason why is I don't like the system in which Apple has um, implemented how you trigger a change because you have to... Uh, tap and hold on the message, wait for the little pop-up to come, select edit, and then edit it. Um, I'm not sure if there's another, maybe like a triple tap on a message to quickly enter edit or something, but I think the, the, the way you have to get into the menu and to unsend or edit a message, I think that's a little bit, um, it's a little bit unwelcoming. Either which way, it's better than Twitter's version. You got me there, yep. Why, why, just, why, why can't we unsend a message on Twitter? Or edit, at least. Why? Ask Elon. I don't know. We'll leave that one hang. Yeah, I've asked him to come on the show. Surprisingly, not heard back. <laughs> who'd, have, who'd have thunk that, eh? <laughs> now, I'm not, a, I'm not a big iPad user. I've got an iPad mini, and I just use it for basic, you know, well, Twitter. And bits and bobs. I haven't got an iPad Pro, which I'm guessing, have, have you? Yeah, I do. Let's talk stage manager then. I will let you take to the floor and tell us good, bad, ugly, useful or not. Um... Yeah, so I, I have an M1, uh, I was about to say 16-inch iPad Pro, uh, an M1 12.9-inch iPad Pro, and I absolutely love Stage Manager. Uh, I know there's a lot of people that are complaining about it and a lot of people that aren't happy with it. I think the reason why so many people aren't happy with it is because it's not the Mac. And I, there, there's this obsession that Apple needs to turn the iPad into a touchscreen Mac. Uh, that is what pretty much everyone is asking for. And I don't think they'll ever do that. I don't think they should do that. A stage manager to me on the iPad is a perfect, uh, is a perfect solution to all of our iPad problems. Uh, it's not a perfect experience in beta, but um, 
I, I find myself using my iPad more because of it. I, I once it's out of beta, I, I genuinely could not use my Mac anymore. Really, and, and just. And just use my iPad from for my line of work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, I'm not saying this for everyone. For for my specific workflow, for what I do, I could absolutely uh, turn and, and just be completely iPad exclusive. I won't, but I uh, it would be it would be a, a big adjustment. It would be a learning curve for sure. It, it does require some some effort, sort of mentally, uh, because there there are certain gestures and certain behaviors on the Mac that you would expect uh, to be available on stage manuals on the iPad, but it's just not. So um, it would take a little bit of, of, a, of a learning curve, but I could I could definitely foresee myself um, uh, moving to iPad app, iPad only. I know the, the, the rather odd official term that Apple gives them are piles. We'll leave that one as it is. But do you assign what goes into it, or does it look at it and say, okay, well that's a browser, that's you know, put Safari and Chrome together, or do you decide that, right that's my favorite stack? I'll put all those together. How does that process actually work? No, you can you can put whatever you want together. Uh, the only sort of heavy lifting that the system does, and this is something I've I've sent Apple feedback for, is you can't freely place app windows anywhere you want. There is a little bit of snapping that it does to sort of snap windows in a certain corner or in a certain frame. Uh, it's not like the Mac where you can you can place them anywhere. Uh, no, there is a little bit of snapping on the. Uh, with stage manager so it's not entirely sort of like a like a stacking system like the the mac um it is annoying but um yeah they might change it i've, I've sent them feedback and, and we'll have to see what the final version is and to enable it you go into the menu bar that's right it's not uh, one of those things it's obviously it's not in the dock or anything is it? it's something you physically have to go and enable yeah so there's a there's toggle in, in control center uh but there's also you can actually if you're in it if you're an app outside of stage manager uh, you can actually swipe uh, from the bottom right corner with your finger and that trigger stage manager. Uh, and then that, that app goes into a window and then you have access to your dock and all your other recent apps. And then you can start, um, you know, you can start going ham with it. Um, yeah. But I'm, I mean, I'm a good boy, me, so I haven't got beaters on my system here. But of course, Stacks is coming to, or Stage Manager is, honestly, no one sent messages, no beat. I'm a, I'm a good, good chap, really am. Good find. Um, you stage manager is also coming to the Mac, right? As well, it is. Yeah. So you've used it across platform, um, I guess. Have you? I have. Um, on the Mac, I I like it on the Mac because um, when you have app desktops, you kind of or, or, or apps just in your dock uh, hidden, you tend to forget what you were doing. Uh, I mean, so with me, I often see, look at my doc and I find an app that I have open. I forgot why that app is open or, you know, I forgot what I was doing with that app or, or, or whatever. With stage managers, that kind of solved that because then you can just have all your recent apps visible on the side. Uh, and then it shows you a preview of what that app, I mean, it's a live preview of that app. Uh, so if you have like, you know, messages open, you'll actually sort of subtly see movement on that side of your screen. And then you'll know that the mess- you're, you're getting a message other than a notification. So to me, I like it because it just shows me my apps there. So it's sort of like a subconscious reminder of what apps I have open and what I was doing with those apps in relation to other apps. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely, I, I, I do like it on the Mac as well. It, it, it feels like a feature they designed definitely for the iPad. I mean, this was a feature I felt they designed initially for the iPad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they said, hey, let's bring it to the Mac as well. 
uh, this was one of those those features that they I think they they originally start well there was actually a version of Stage Manager before macOS Ventura. I'm not sure which OS it was, but it was many 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 years ago. There was uh, something maybe it was in beta. I'm not sure if it ever left beta, but Stage Manager is not actually new. It's not actually a new idea. Apple has done this before. Uh, I would have to uh, to research what OS it was. This was before they renamed to macOS. This was OS 10 something. Uh, this was long long ago. But Stage Manager is not new. Uh, they just tried it then. Yes, they didn't like it, so they tossed it, and they just decided to bring it back now. But um, this year, it felt like they, they spent a lot of time you know, focusing on the iPad, and they just decided to bring it to the Mac uh, as well. So I, I do think it's, uh, it's nice having it on both. Without doubt, that's the most positive indictment I've heard of Stage Manager. A lot of people have given it some weird and negative feedback. You seem to be, I mean, I'm looking forward to using it now. Yeah, I uh, yeah. Well, wait till it's out of beta because you're 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 a good person and you follow the rules. Uh, so I might don't, have mentioned don't get it. the beta yet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but once it once it's out of beta, I think it'll be really good. And you know what's impressive is that um, I was initially concerned that app that apps would need to update themselves in order to take advantage of Stage Manager in order to be able to get resized. Uh, but no, I mean you can resize any app without any developer. Uh, input. I mean, any app can get resized. Right, right, there yep. does not need to be any work on the side of developers. And that was one of the biggest concerns that I heard uh, definitely from developers was that they would have to then update their UI sizing and their layout to support to be able to resize. But no, I mean, you can resize any app. Some apps work better than others, uh, obviously, in resize. So there is some tweaking that developers can do to make the experience a little bit better. But um, yeah, out of the box, out of the beta, you can, you can, you can start using it with, with any app. Be, there's a couple of other things I just wanted to run through with you before I let you get on with your day, uh, one of which was Apple Watch. I noticed you had one on. Uh, I'm still, uh, I, I've, I've bought two, I've just given them away. Uh, I mean, I'm just that generous. Uh, altruistic really? is my middle name. Um, yeah. th- they weren't even people that I knew. Uh, <laughs> but uh, now, I bought two as presents. I've yet to buy one for myself. Uh, and I think I'm finally getting the, okay, a few years late, but I'm finally getting the hang of where they're good. But maybe I'm coming to the party at the right time because, I mean, now, as a health wearable, they're really stealing a march now. They're getting serious, aren't they, with what they can do? Yeah, it is It is incredible. Um, thankfully, the only medical condition I have is, is I, I usually, most of the time I have an elevated heart rate. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do have medication that I can take to, that helps lower my heart rate. It is incredible to me that I have a device on my wrist that will alert me if my heart rate goes above the threshold that my doctor tells me is too high. Uh, I don't have to sit down at a clinic and put on a strap and have my heart rate measured. I mean, just the fact that this little thing on my wrist can measure my heart rate, um, give me an ECG, measure my blood oxygen level. You know, these are all things that are, are, are just astonishing when you think about it. Mm. Um, and, and, and Apple is nowhere near done I mean, we are just at the beginning of what the, the potential of the Apple Watch is. It, it is going to be uh, a major, major uh, player in health. Um, and, and the thing with it now is um, while you can you know, measure your blood oxygen level, while you can take an ECG, these are all things that you have to actually do and actually initiate. Um, I think somewhere down the line, these are going to be things that are just being proactively done in the background. You know, so you're not going to have to actually stop it and have to take an ECG. Apple's going to find a way uh, to just, you know, give you an ECG in the background or something like that. So we're we're, we're just at the beginning of the potential with the watch, and it, and it makes me excited, as you can tell. 
I think I mentioned to you earlier on, I had uh, Ross on, Ross Young on um, a couple of weeks back and he wears, well, he actually wears a Garmin most of the time, but apparently much like self, he's got a, a slightly elevated heart rate and his doctor is really bemoaning him saying, look, you've got an Apple watch. It really helps me, the doctor saying that, if you wear it, it gives me information that I need. So I mean, that actually shows that's, you know, a, a, somebody, a, a man of medicine saying that these things are good. They're not just playthings. The figures they're giving are genuine. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's 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 more than a watch. Uh, I mean, it, it you know, there's there's an Apple Watch ad. It says, it, I think it was it tells time or something. I don't know if you remember it. It was the Apple Watch that tells time, and it does all these other things. Um, but it's true. I mean, it's you know, it's much more than a watch. Um, yeah, no, I think finally I might. Uh, well, one, the eight's coming out. What's your take on this whole pro or rugged thing? Is it? I mean, Ross said that it's happening. He's seen the displays, so apparently, you know, God has spoken. It is happening. Um, is that something? I can't think I'm going to need a rugged watch. I mean, look at me. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know what I'm supposed to say. To, do I need a rugged? That? No, uh, I'm, I'm saying it myself in Jesus. Do I need a rugged watch? I hardly think so, no. <laughs> Who's that watch going to be aimed at then? Because it's going to well, have a hefty price tag on it, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's going to be aimed for, for athletes, um, um, bikers, swimmers. Um, yeah, anyone who does athletic things, that's going to be the watch for them. Uh, I, I definitely think we are, yeah, we're definitely getting uh, a more beefed up, durable watch. I don't think the design is going to be that much different than the normal one. I think it's going to come down to the materials they use. Might be a little bit thicker just to kind of have some shock, resist- shock resistance or something along those lines. But I think it's going to come down to the materials. They use more high end materials. They'll They'll obviously market it as more durable than the normal ones. Um, so I definitely think we're getting one. Uh, probably not for me, but uh, there is a market out there for me. What, what watch do you have? I have the Series 6 stainless steel. Now, I think I need to get myself into that market. I might as well wait now till the 8 comes out just because. But I mean, I think it's time. Time's come. I think that before an iPad for me, actually. You know, you could wait for the 8 or... I would probably advise an Apple Watch for the iPad too. I mean, you, you could get the eight or wait for the second generation Apple Watch SE. Uh, the SE is a great uh, is a great watch if it's your first Apple Watch because uh, it kind of just gets you into that. You know, it has enough features to expose you to the world of Apple Watch, mm-hmm. but you know, it's not everything, and, and it's a little bit cheaper as well. So wait for the second generation of that one. And I, I can't really let you go without talking iPhone fourteen. See, you thought you'd got away with it. <laughs> Afraid not. I promise. Uh, Almost the last question. So iPhone 14, it sounds like we're getting a real mark in the sand now between the functions and functionality and hardware upgrades that are going to be on the pros as opposed to the non-pros. Of course, it's slimmed down to a four-range version this year, and they're making it very clear to steer you towards the pro phones, aren't they, With even down to the 48-megapixel camera, the processor. All of these things are only going to be available on the pro phones. Do you think that's a, a, a sharp move from Apple? I mean, I know you're not an Apple sheep, so you're not going to say it's good if it's not good. So what's your take? Contrary to many people on Twitter, I'm not an Apple sheep. Um, no, no, no. Uh, yeah, you only need to listen back to earlier sure in this. I think to that. <laughs> no, I think we've, you've made that quite clear. Yeah, definitely not. <laughs> yeah, that dream of going to Apple Park, that ain't happening. Yeah, I, 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 I'm impartial. <laughs> no, no. Um, I, I think it was a long time coming. Uh, I think they were going to separate the pros and the almost and the um, the pros and the non pros eventually. I think they were going to always give those two more differentiation. Um, yeah, we are apparently still getting to have the A15 on the 14 and the 14. Uh, these names are getting confusing. Oh, oh hell, I know. 14, 14, 
14 Pro. And 14, and 14 Max. Pro Max. And Pro Max, isn't it? Or 14 Max. And then, yeah. Oh, my God. I can't. It's going to be yeah. hell. Yeah. Uh, imagine going to a store and trying to... I feel bad for the Apple Store employees because they'll, they'll be there trying to, to explain the difference between the iPhone 14 Max and the 14 Pro and the 14 Pro Max. Um, yeah. Apparently, we're still going to have the A15 Bionic on the older... Um, um, the, the iPhone 4, the, the, the low-end 14 models. Uh, a lot of people are freaking out about that. Um, but the A15 Bionic is still pretty fast. Uh, still has five, six years of iOS updates left for it. Um, so, that it, you know, it doesn't seem that big of a, of a, of a surprising move. Um, but it will be interesting to see what they change with the low-end 14s compared to the 13s. Uh, you know, they're going to have to change something. I reckon it's going to be new colors. Uh, they're gonna, you know, kind of tweak the shading. Just they can that pretty much colors, and you know, maybe some some tweaks to the camera. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it on, on the low end phones. Because of course, on the, the the two pros, we're getting this. I think we're told we're getting this forty eight megapixel beast of a camera. But again, only on if you're willing to spend the money on the two big phones. Again, can't say the two big phones because they're the pros because you've got a big phone in the smalls now. But you know what I mean. I see what you mean about the naming. It's a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, see, it's already a nightmare. Um, yeah, we're, we're getting the 48 megapixels. We're also getting this, the whole punch, pill-shaped notch replacement. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, you, you know, the iPhone 14 Pro is, is the most I've, I've, uh, I've not been this excited. Are you kind of guy that, I mean, part because of your job, do you update and renew every time an iPhone comes out or do you hold on to yours for a couple of years? I, I would love to be able to update every year. Uh, unfortunately, I mean, we do have carrier subsidies here. Uh, so I, I would be able to go to like a 24 or 12 month contract through my carrier. Ideally, you know, if Apple were to have a store here, I'll just go through the iPhone upgrade program. Um, I am currently rocking an iPhone 12 pro max. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I decided not to get a 13 pro max just cause it didn't seem like that big of a jump. Uh, to me, promotion was cool, but you know, I kind of just skimmed over it. Um, See, I, I would like to be able to upgrade every year, but it's just a matter of it being financially responsible and uh, with Apple, not, 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 having, not having an Apple store here, it's, it's just not possible yet. And I suppose this year now, it's almost worth waiting for next year with USB-C, right? Because that's going to be the big next major, major big hardware thing. Yeah, it would. I, I personally don't care. <laughs> I, I don't Sammy care. Sammy stands if, alone if, again. If it has USB-C, if it has USB-C lightning port or USB-A port, I, 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 yeah, I don't care. I hardly charge my phone through lightning anymore anyways. I have MagSafe, uh, MagSafe wireless, yeah. So uh, I hardly ever use my port now. And the, you, I know you're running the betas, so, or betas, betas, betas or betas? I say betas. I'll take your lead. You're more knowledgeable than I. You, you're out there in the real world. I'm not. Um, the home screen, is it as sexy and as groovy as it sounds? The whole, you know, being able to do that cut out picture thing and... You mean the lock screen? Lock screen, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is really cool, yes. It is, it is, yeah. It, what really blew my mind away is that if you have a picture that has a clear subject and that subject has bubbles, okay, the system is smart enough to actually recognize the bubbles. And if you put the bubbles in front of the time, the time will actually come through. Somehow, Apple's magic is able to determine what's transparent and what isn't transparent, and it, it does 
an incredible job. I mean, even with portraits, mm. I mean, because hair is really difficult to sort of give with depth. Cut out, yeah, 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 yeah. It's incredible the level of detail that Apple has been able to give. And I think a lot of people only think that you can do that with portrait photos. You can take any photo. It does not have to be a portrait photo. You can take any photo and it will identify the depth. And it blows me away every single time. It is, um, you know, people always fuss about Apple not giving personalization and not giving users access to being able to customize their phone. You know, I think this is a prime example of them not doing it because they wanted to do it right. Mm, and, right. and absolutely, Apple did, they did it right. They spent the time to invest in their, in their, uh, in their machine learning uh, for photo, for photo recognition, all of that. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's, um, yeah, it's incredible. I'm really looking forward to getting a hold of that because it shouldn't be that much longer now. I'm ho- I mean, I think it's coming out in the next couple of weeks, isn't it? The full release. Uh, full release would, would probably mid-September, I'm guessing. Oh, a little bit longer than I thought. So, but um, those, I think the, the unsend texting message thing, iMessage and, and being able to cut the photo that look, and from what you're saying, it's as good to use as it looks at dub-dub. It actually works. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, yeah. What, what Apple advertises is what you're getting. Uh, obviously, Apple used nicer images in their keynote, you know, obviously nicer colors and nicer images than probably what we have on our phones. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's really, really, it really does a good job. They should just be grateful. They they just should be grateful. They haven't got me recording their events because you'd only get half of the event. (laughs) (laughs) We we, we did (sighs) Tim saying goodbye, but not him saying good morning. Absolutely. See, I, I, I wouldn't make it past the first interview, would I really? What's your track record? Well, I get half of the show. Anyway, with <laughs> Sammy, with that, I'm conscious of time. I know you've got things to be doing. So where can people find you? Where's good to hook up with you? Best place is on Twitter. Uh, Sammy, S-A-M-I-F-A-T-H-I underscore. And uh, yeah, from there, you'll see all my work. Nice, nice, nice. He's good on Twitter. Regular poster. Some good stuff. It's not always about Apple either. It's not. I, try, I, like, I like to mix it up. I I've uh, got my notifications for you turned on now. So I see when you're tweeting. Just be aware of that. Oh, you do. Oh, that's that's comes to the top of my feed. Oh, uh, that's 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 concerning because I I often put out a tweet and then like a minute later I delete it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't forget so, the time difference. I've probably already seen it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a scary thing. I don't know how many people have notifications on for me, so I actually don't know how many people see it. Ah, see. So you know, it could be like two people see it or five or a hundred. I really don't know. So it's what I need to do is be on 24 seven Sammy watch and just make sure that I reply to every tweet. So there's always a record of it out there. I have to be more careful now. (laughs) I'm watching you. I'm watching Sammy. Thank you. That'd be scary. For for half the interview. Thank you. For the other half of the interview, who cares? We haven't got it. Thank you so much. (laughs) The full, the full interview is definitely recording here over in audition. So it will definitely be on Apple podcasts and Spotify and all that good stuff and uh, half of it on YouTube. But the half is on YouTube. Great stuff. Sammy, can't thank you enough. Enjoy the rest of your day and your weekend, and I will hopefully catch up with you very soon again. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Cheers, my man. Thank you. Firstly, many thanks indeed to Sammy for finding the time to join me on Minus 16 this week. And uh, if you've just listened to the audio podcast, you will have heard the horror in my voice where halfway through, I realised I hadn't hit record for the video version of the podcast. We uh, had to reconnect a couple of times at the beginning of the interview. And when we finally got going, I forgot to hit the big red button in the middle of my screen, which means that over on my YouTube channel, it's only the second half of the interview. But here you've got the full version 
as the audio podcast. And uh, we did think about re-recording it, but Sammy came up with so much great content there, we decided to keep the original. It was just too good to re-record. So Sammy, sorry about that, uh, but I hope you've enjoyed listening to the interview, guys. And if you want to catch up with me in between podcasts, don't forget you can do that by going over to the website, talkingtechandaudio.com, or you can also find me on Twitter, dtalkingtech. I'll be back with you in a couple of weeks with another great guest. In the meantime, though, take care, and I'll see you very soon. 